0: that you want to be a giver first, right? Convert the, the relationship into something that comes back to you, and, and it does.
1: Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO
2: of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestore. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners,
1: salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at
2: www.themissionsuite.com. Welcome to another edition of the uh, Referral Bench podcast. We are here today with uh, our guest, David Oates. And did I say that right, David? Sure, did. Okay. <laughs> not
0: whole, no, there's really
2: not a whole lot of ways to scrub boats. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can try, I suppose. But
0: yeah, I, I think we're
2: good. Nice. <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, David is a crisis PR practitioner with more than 25 years of experience in the field. Started his career as a U.S. Navy public affairs officer and later as the communication head of several for-profit entities. And he has a wealth of firsthand knowledge in dealing with a broad range of issues, including mass layoffs, large-scale accidents, Product recalls, inappropriate acts by executives, and more. Uh, we should talk more about that. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're good stories, right? They they make for fantastic. Screenwriting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, David is also an accredited public relations specialist who received his master's degree in business administration from San Diego State University and a bachelor's of arts degree from the University of Maryland. And more than 90% of his new clients come through personal referrals. That is a heck of a stat there. Love it. Absolutely. Welcome.
0: Hey, good to see
1: you guys. How are you? Yeah, man. Excellent. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Yeah, are you kidding me? This is fun. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, the easiest marketing you'll do all day, right? Hundred percent.
0: Well, like we talked about, right? This this podcast, this you know, our interview today came from referrals. I've known yeah. you, Ian, for I'm scared to say a decade plus.
1: I think so. Yeah, this is
0: how it's worked. Um,
1: so glad to be here. That's That's awesome, Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. So David, just kind of starting off here, you know, I mean, you have, uh, I've known you for like, you know, like you said, about 10 years, uh, you know, Mm a little plus I think. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've only known you as the guy that's at all the events and you know, that, that's that, 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 you know, you make the rounds, you do your thing and you, you're great at giving value, all those different things. I guess I'm wondering, you know, just to kind of kick off here at what point did you realize that that was going to be the way that you were going to be able to grow business was by was through kind of just getting to know everybody and finding any way to to, to provide value? Uh, you, almost from the
0: beginning. So I'll give you I'll give you the story that was sort of the aha moment. <clears throat> so I was finishing up uh, a gig as the head of marketing for about a 100 person software company in the northern part of San Diego County. The company was being sold. And the acquiring company had hired a bunch of us, what would I call redundant positions, for about three months because they brought in their own marketing team and all that. But they hired us back for three months essentially to transfer the subject knowledge we had of this company into theirs. It was I I appreciate them doing that. Most companies just you know dump and run when, when they acquire. But I knew my time was running out, and I knew there was there was a date. I'm done. That's the end of it. And I'd had ideas about my own consulting arm, which um, under a previous name stalwart communications and pr and i started just to ask some friends about what they thought of my service concept at the time which was a performance based model and i just started calling on people that i knew and asking them out to coffee or lunch and i said look i just i just want to get some feedback that alone I'm like two months away from being able to start this thing. That alone secured me five gigs while I'm still working full-time at the software company and just, hey, that's a great idea. Let me introduce you to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And and I had five gigs before I even opened the doors. But the bigger one was I knew a marketing person who was uh, working for a large law firm, the San Diego operations of, of of a national law firm. And she goes, I'm putting on this, big networking event it's the anniversary of the firm here in San Diego you should come there's several hundred people in there and i thought i'm going to just try out and see if this works again i did the same thing right i created business cards and i went it it doesn't hurt to have a little liquid courage they had a martini bar i'm, I'm just you know let's just be let's just be forthright right i'm in my mid 30s i'm freaking out this is the first time i've kind of gone on my own but I started just asking people what they did. And then they in turn asked me what I did. And I said, well, actually, I'm thinking about launching this gig. What do you think of this concept? And they're like, please give me your card. Gosh. And at the end of it, I had about 20 different follow-ups. Now, out of that, only three you know, became clients. But now think about that, right? I, I had about a 10-week head start on this gig. And so by the time that software company was done, by the time I was officially now laid off, I literally, you know, they're handing out their last slips and they're saying goodbye to everybody. Everybody's hugging. I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I got client (laughs) work I got to do. And I'm running out the door. And that was because of the referral that came in. So from the start, this was predominantly a referral based business. And that was the strategy because it was working.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Hmm. did you uh you know a couple of things that you had mentioned when you approached people you're like hey i've got this idea and i'm working on you know what do you what do you think about it 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 seems like not a very uh salesy approach to it do you think that helped you in that regard whereas if you had started it you're like okay i need to get clients and you're trying to you know be in people's faces about it?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's a little counterintuitive, right? But that's exactly the strategy. So I talk about uh, in in networking and in referral-based businesses to other entrepreneurs or or MBA classes or things like that, that sometimes I have the opportunity to speak that you want to be a giver first, right? Convert the, the relationship into something that comes back to you. And, and it does.
2: All right, that's a great point that David made right there is be a giver first. So uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, making deposits in the emotional or relational bank account of the other person. And you need to do that consistently. And over time, um, before you can go to the well, so to speak, and make a withdrawal on that emotional bank account. So, um, Ian, what are your thoughts on this?
1: You know, I think it's a it is a good point because we talk a lot and we hear a lot about this concept of givers gain and you know uh, get ahead by giving back kind of a thing, but I think it's uh, it's become a bit of a trite uh, statement and something that we just kind of say and don't really act on. And I think Dave's point here is well taken that you know we really do have to give first in order to get anything of value out of the network.
2: Uh, we have to actually
1: provide value to it first.
2: Yeah, and uh, one last thing I just want to put into there is um, a lot of times people, they have the intent they want to give, but they don't go the extra mile of doing the homework and making it easy for the other person. So if I have a meeting with Ian coming up and I want to make sure I'm giving him some value, I'm going to go out of my way to do a little bit of research and figure out what does Ian need? Cause you know, just even asking person, uh, a person, how can I help you, uh, puts a little bit of work on them to figure out how you can help. So if I do that first and come to the table with something, um, that's a huge win.
0: Have the opportunity to speak that you want to be a giver first, right? Convert the, the relationship into something that comes back to you, and, and it does. Karma is a legitimate and lucrative currency in the professional trusted advisor market, which, which we're all in, right? Anytime mm-hmm. that you service other businesses by showing a technical expertise, whether it's public relations and crisis PR specifically, or general marketing. Uh, strategic marketing, customer relationship, like what Ian does, or if you're an accountant, a lawyer, a banker, I don't care what it is, be a giver first. Because people buy from people that they know and that they like and that they trust. And if you come in with an authentic, genuine position of making sure that they're taken care of, knowing that always comes back several fold over, then you got the right approach for this one. Because we've all been in the networking events, right? Where the person's running around just flying out the business card, (laughs) found their resume unsolicited. And as soon as they're done talking, they're like, nice to see you. And they're on to somebody else. (laughs) They can't even remember what you look like, let alone what your name was. And that is the absolute wrong approach because that'll turn people off right away. You haven't developed an authentic self, which looks at the potential client or potential referral client as a value to you by nature of you being value to them first. And, and that'll burn you quicker than anything else. And I've seen people who've decided they're going to go out on their own to be a consultant or a service provider and crash and burn quickly because they've operated under that pretense and and they never know. And then they don't know why they don't make it. Right. Yeah. And, right, and yeah. then, you know, then you got to go get a real job. And I've been trying to avoid getting a real job for the last 14 years. Right. and There've been, there've been rough moments, right? We've all been there. There There've been rough moments, but, but so far, so good. Uh, So
2: I, I have a question about, you know, if you're, you talked about giving first and, you know, making sure that you, you have that, that attitude and approach to things. And I think sometimes people, they know that, but I think they worry that if they're new in business or they're just getting things started what do you have to give? What do you have to offer? So do you have any ideas uh, or suggestions to people as what you can give or what you gave in the beginning? That's a great
0: question because early on when you're sort of going on on your own, you may not have the network to make referrals to them. Oh, I need this thing. Oh, it's not my, but I go, I know a great gal or guy or whomever who who can help with that. Right. You may not have that, but what you have is your time, particularly early on when you got more time, Than, than you want, right? Because you're looking to generate business. But your time is also good currency to say, hey, I got this thing. Hey, I'll give you 15 minutes, right? You want to take 15 minutes on a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever to just talk through something or 30 minutes, yeah, whatever. I wouldn't go past 30, right? Unless you're you know, going to talk about business steps. But to give some solid advice with the idea that, look, I'm just going to give you some, some things to think about Take them or leave them. If I can be of value to them, great, but if not, at least I've armed you with that. You're giving the impression on two ways. One is that you love what you do and you're really good at it. You're also confident in yourself to know that somebody will come back again, several fold over to do that. I, I equate it to having that short little um, time frame where you offer some advice akin to a celebrity chef who has a show on the Food Network, right? And it's the idea like, hey, I'm going to show you how to make this great chicken dish with all these fixings at home. It's really easy. Here's the five steps you're going to do. But what do most of us do? Go, wow, that looks great. I am definitely going to the restaurant to order that right. because I am not taking the time to, to to do that. Or you try it one time. Right. And it doesn't come out exactly like the other person. Did. You're like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to I'm just going to go to their restaurant and try that right. because that looked really, really good. That's the idea, right? Or it's the Baskin-Robin approach, right? Baskin-Robin's number one marketing tool is to put one of 31 flavors in those little tiny taster spoons in your mouth, which <laughs> you can do all day long, knowing you're going to walk out of there with you know, a pint of ice cream or a cone uh-huh. or something like that. You're going to do the same thing. So if you don't have a network of referrals, don't be afraid to offer your time. And as things start to build up then, then you can scale back. Hey, I'm not going to give you 30 minutes. I'll give you 15, and you can build upon that. And then you'll have a referral network over time that which you can be a resource for other, but be a giver regardless, right? You always have something of value. If you don't have something of value, change your value proposition of your business. But <laughs> but but you have something of value if if nothing
1: else, your time. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I'm curious. You know, like, so for people that are just getting going, <clears throat> maybe they're trying this whole value first proposition, you know, from the get go. And a lot of people still are wary about it, even in spite of all the success stories that we hear. Right? I mean, right. like, people are going to listen to you and just how effective it was for you. We're they're, they'll listen to Phil and me about the you know talking about the same thing, and they're still going to say, well. But I don't know if that's gonna be for me, right? Because eventually I gotta ask for something and I know that I've got to ask for something. And I don't know if they get just myopic and, and really single focused on that. But at what point do you would you say, excuse me, at what point would you say, okay, now you can ask, right? Now you're now it's ready for you. Now you now you're at a point where you're well known enough, where you have the relationship, whatever it is. Now you're now you can ask for something back.
0: It's a legitimate question people ask too, right? Because you don't want to get to the point where you're giving away everything yeah. and then people will take advantage of that and they will. Let's, let's make no mistake about it, right? There will be a handful of people who will always take advantage of that. And I always set the ground rules in my head ahead of time. And And I, I didn't come up with this right away, right? This was through the school of hard knocks. So hopefully people who are listening to this podcast. will take my advice and not, not deal with the battle scars that many of us have already had. Right. Which is, you know, Guy comes back to the well three times and you're like, all right, I'm done with this one. And and you got to burn the bridge in a not so negative way. Have it upfront going, look, I'll give you 30 minutes. If you want to continue on with something like that, we can talk about a re- a business relationship. But I, I'm not even going to bring that up at this call. Let's just have a conversation of that. And I would say in that time period, you want to give away the what, right? You can feel free to give away, here are the five things you need to do in the course of this period of time, like give them some insight into all the things that they should consider. Don't give away the how. That's probably the big catalyst right there, right? It's easy enough to tell people what. Oh, well, you need a car with this amount of features and these kind of things and this kind of thing. Great. How do I go about buying that one or how do I go about building that one? Oh. The- that, that part you pay for, right? right. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you how to do that. Same in a professional environment like this, right? You can give away the what, don't give away the how. And then walk through how to do that. The other thing I would say to carry that through, right, is when you ask for that is you may give given them five things to consider. And maybe to the other person, it's overwhelming. You may think of it as very intuitive and you know matter of fact, and this is obvious to anyone, But then trying to execute on that just may be too much for that person. So say, look, here are the five things you have to do. I'd recommend you start with these two. How do I do that? That's the part that I'll be happy to talk about in a proposal for you and walk you through. But, you know, have somebody, whether somebody on your team or you want to get the knowledge of that one, do that. And then you can start talking if they bring it up, right? This is where it converts. Well, how about you show me a proposal that does that? Fine. And then break it up piecemeal for them, right? Give it to them in digestible of uh, formats cuz this might be the first time in many respects that somebody's thought about it. Now yeah. it, I'm in crisis PR, right? And I had to learn this when I transitioned from being promotional PR to crisis PR. I think about the 10 things they need to do to sort of prevent all of the what if scenarios. And I was overwhelming my first set of clients for that one I say and I would now I tell them, look, these are the 10 things I consider, start with these two. Let's let's do this. And here's here's what I would recommend you do. You want to know how, or can I be? You, do you want to have the time to really go through all the lit on this one? I'll give you a proposal, and you can hire me for this amount of money over this amount of time to do it, and then and then let's secure the deal and move forward. And then once you get to the first two steps, if there's a desire to move forward, they will, and you just sort of walk through the next the next two items and things like that, and so on and so forth in the time frame that that makes sense to both solve the issue in the businessy, but also in a form that you know the the client ultimately will accept.
1: Right. So, uh, <clears throat> what about when uh, when it's okay when when would it when would you say that it's okay to ask somebody for referrals? Right? Like you and I got to a point where at one point I just realized I'm like, "Hey, David and I have enough of a relationship where I can say, "Hey, I'm looking to meet real estate agents whatever, I don't know." I, and so and and I so I so I knew, I knew that I could come to you and cuz we've again, we've been and we've known each other for a long time. We've provided value to one another. So, you know, and, but for me, it just kind of, it, it just, you know, you get to a point where it's just like, okay, fine. Let's, you know, yeah, sure. We, it, it, it's, there's, it's just another question at that point. Right. But for people that don't have that kind of gut feel, and I know that there's a lot of them out there, how do you, how would you say that, that we should look forward to identify when it's okay to do that? I think it's
0: perfectly fine to do so, particularly when you've done some business with them or for them. So I th- that would be my first order, right? When, when, it's, when you've entertained the idea of actually engaging in some sort of business and have done so. And the business, you know, the, the engagement doesn't have to happen. Like you and I have tried to bring each other in on businesses, and we've had a couple of successes. Sure. And we've had a lot that we just couldn't close, right? That's just the nature of the business. That's just the nature of what we do. But when we got to that point, there's enough of a confidence level to say, yes, I trust you to do this. And if the outcome is at least a recognition of the quality of your work, and the expertise of your work, then I think it's perfectly acceptable to ask them for that, right? But when you ask, much like you, you've you done for me, and, and I likewise, is you've got to have a specific ask. Hey, I'm open to all kinds of referrals. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Um, I, I want to keep you top of mind, but but I've got 20 other things going on in my head. Be specific you had talked about me i need access to sales coach right i've got a crm tool that small businesses can use it's better than anybody else and i know that the way into that is going to be with sales coaches who are trying to help them along oh that's i got six of them throughout southern california that i know and that i trust that i bring in for a wide array of different clients depending on the specific needs i've got ideas of the specific ones let me make some email intros and we did and you've been able to connect with them and i you know i'm glad i'm glad that worked out you got to be specific in that right just saying oh i'm looking for referrals yeah aren't we all <laughs> you know like, welcome to the club right take a number in the back there and stand in line and i'll get to you when i get to you but but having specific ones really helps if you can if you've got like a wish list of clients and you've got you know and, and you've checked my linkedin profile and say hey i noticed you're connected to so and so is there possible you can make a recommendation that's even more helpful Um, On the occasion that my LinkedIn contact is one of a person that I feel I have a relationship with, that I can make a connection, I'm glad to do it all day long. Sometimes I've turned that away going, hey, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm technically connected to this one person. It was because of a third-party introduction, and I haven't spoken to that person in 10 years, and I don't know if that's really helpful or I don't know that, you know, sometimes that happens, right? But on the occasion it does, I think you should feel free to ask.
2: Yeah. I think that's a super important thing. And I, I think that all of our listeners should, you know, go back and re-listen to that because there's, a, we we talk about that in Firestorm a lot and um, talk about targeted referral requests mm-hmm. and make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a list of people that you want to be introduced to and you've got that at the ready. And when you do run across somebody that, you know, has a connection, whether it be through LinkedIn or, you know, that they're on the same board together or whatever, um, the more specific you can be with that ask, the better and taking, taking all all the objections off the table for why that person might not want to make the introduction. Like it takes too much time or, you know, whatever, if you can pre-write an introduction email, find all their contact information and then sit down with somebody and say, Hey, I know you're connected to this person here. I've taken all the, you know, uh, work out of it for you. Here's their email. Here's what you should say. Fire off an email. I mean that nine times out of 10 people are going to be like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. So yeah.
0: And when And when I make introductions for other people, it's usually, you know, not with the idea that there's immediate business to be had in there, but going, but, but it's with the idea, like much like with Ian and the sales trainers, look, you two are in very complimentary spaces right now. And I can see there being a lot of synergies back and forth, right? Not one way. Good referrals are never one way direction. Mm -hmm. They are, they're, they're beneficial to both parties all the time. And I think that that's the part that I say, look, I just think you two should get to know each other. You should do it again idea of give her first build a relationship and the referrals will come several fold over. The other thing to people is it's not immediate right when you make that. It is not something where you're typically going to get a transaction in the next week, month, maybe even year. These are long extended processes that will develop lucrative relationships over a period of time. That's what we do. But those when when those referrals come in they're as good as gold because that person is taking their reputation and putting it on the line and extending it to you. And I'm sure you all have had it. I certainly have, where somebody says, Hey, so and so recommended, you're my guy. We here's the problem. When can you start?
2: Right. And yep. and the
0: sales cycle is significantly shortened as a result from that one.
2: Yeah. Uh- so what are some things that you, you know, you mentioned in the beginning when you were starting out, you went out and talked to people and said, I, you know, I have this idea. What do you think about it? What are some things you do now that you have an established business to cultivate referral partnerships and make sure that you're continuously getting new introductions?
0: The, the first thing I do is I look for for opportunities and target rich environments for people that I think will make good referral partners for me and vice versa. So I, I, the first thing you do I do is I identify the key referral partners. Like for me in crisis communications, right? I typically get those from business litigators that' are embroiled in a lawsuit, CEO coaches who've got you know, the ear of the big you know the head person in charge, HR consultants, I talked about you know matters related to mass layoffs or CEOs, executives mm-hmm. behaving badly. HR tends to get involved in those type of circumstances and things like that, and for me, also other PR professionals that do promotional side that don't want to do the 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 nasty, ugly stuff, and and me vice versa, right? With this, with the idea that everybody wins and results. So I look for those outlets. I look for those opportunities to engage with those people, and then I go in uh, deep and connect and stay connected in those organizations. You just don't go one time and expect that you're going to get a bunch of those, right? You go to these organizations time and time again. So the the goal is you pick one or two groups and just go all the time and be a resource for those people, be that giver. And when I meet somebody, again, it's the idea about asking about them first and seeing where is it that I think that I could add value, if not immediately, because I don't have anybody in mind, somewhere down the road. And I want to get to know you because I want to have you in my back pocket when when I find the opportunities, right? And they will do the same. And so that's how I go about doing that and just building it one at a time. The other thing I'd try to do is once I've developed at least a connection, right? So it's not just I saw them at an event. Maybe we met up for coffee afterwards or we did a Zoom call or something like that afterwards just to get to know each other. Then I'll ask to connect with them on LinkedIn. I, I think LinkedIn is a very powerful tool for staying top of mind from that and i'm very active on on doing video blogs and those kind of postings and also reading their blogs and commenting on what they're doing because it's a very very efficient way of staying top of mind in that in that circumstance i typically don't accept people on linkedin that i haven't met before at least virtually um, so it's not a hey i'm not trying to get as many people as i possibly can on that but it's a and it's an extension of the networking and the referral base that i'm already building to stay top of mind that's what i do now
2: Nice. Can I tell you how much I appreciate that about LinkedIn? <coughs> you only connecting with people yeah, right. that you, you know. It's it's so crazy to me how many I get like 50 connection requests a week. Oh, and uh, I'm like, who are you? Why, why, I, why are you sending me this?
0: <laughs> I got one. I, I, I get them a couple times a week. We're like, hey, I saw you on LinkedIn. I really like your profile. Yeah, right. I thought we could do connections. <laughs> hey, I appreciate your feedback on my LinkedIn profile. I work really hard about that. And one of the ways I work hard about that is I only accept like people I know. Bye.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. Like, All yeah, right.
0: <laughs> So, um yeah, yeah you know there are and, and 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 here's the pitfall right we talked about picking a couple of organizations there are a couple of what i will call quote-unquote networking organizations that promote that and and i won't mention their names but the initials are b and i and um <laughs> and, and uh that's not going to make me a whole lot of friends i know a crisis <laughs> pr guy if i have to defend myself.
1: yeah right <laughs>
0: but, but but i i think they they quite frankly don't don't do to the level I think they should on building the relationships. They they pride themselves on the transactions, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's counterintuitive. You'll you, you'll generate success. I don't mean to say that they don't, and the people that are in B and I don't generate success, but that success is capped. That success right. has only got a limit of so much there because most of people, particularly in uh, seasoned professional seasoned professional service advisors who have a big, broad, and lucrative portfolio. Don't go about it that way. And so, yeah, you know, you you might be good for, you know, your little corner of of the neighborhood. But if you're looking to expand that, that, that's not the way to go about it. And there are organizations out there that that feel differently. And there's obviously a market for that. It's just not for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that mile wide inch deep kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and I know that, you know, like with my LinkedIn, I used it as uh, you know, there was some marketing firms that I was working with that you would, that we would use it as a, as a marketing tool. Right now, all of a sudden I have 4,000, 4, contacts and I know like 300 of them. Right. And so you know, and I've tried to go through and, and find an easy way to, to clean the, to clean out the people that I don't know and whatnot. And, you know, there's just no way to do that. So, I mean, so really keeping that tight is really, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want long-term success with it, you know, I mean, that's, you've got to be, you've got to figure out a way to keep it a little bit tighter, right? Yeah.
0: And, and the way in which I call my list when it happens that way is usually, as you said, when the opportunity presents itself, like when somebody that I've had on my LinkedIn list for 10 years or whatever, all of sends me an unsolicited email about a product or something like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> remove the connection. And <laughs> yeah, bye right, bye. exactly. Right. <laughs> and bye bye. Thank you for acknowledging who you've had turned to be right. and you're <laughs> <up>. um <laughs> right. but but yeah. So the idea is to vet vet your contacts. And and mind you, I mean I've got I've got a lot of contacts, but it's because I'm doing a lot of networking and I'm engaging people and I do follow up Uh, coffee meetings and things like that. And I, I spend, you know, I would say I probably spend about an hour a day on LinkedIn, looking at feeds of people, right, that come up there. What have you done there? Hey, like that? Hey, I like that comment. That's really clever. That's really insightful. It helps me remember to keep them top of mind with, with opportunities, as much as you know, I hope they do for me.
1: So do you use like sales navigator to help to, uh, kind of target your, your efforts or are you really just kind of looking at the, the general public feed and, and looking, looking at what you got and going from there?
0: Yeah, so uh, I th- I think the question relates to when I do have an opportunity, how do I find like a referral partner or is that or, like,
1: yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you mentioned that, you know, because obviously referrals are about keep maintaining top of mind that things like that. But I mean, but, and so you mentioned going through and kind of engaging with some of the stuff that they're doing. How are you, you know, specifically to LinkedIn, because I think a lot of people, we just, I just did a, a webinar, a live a live panel discussion on LinkedIn. And it was, you know, to, a lot of people seem to be really in, interested in this and trying to figure out how to yeah. make this work for them. And so, you know, specific to what you're talking about with, uh, with engaging in people's content, people's comments, whatnot, are you using Sales Navigator to focus your to focus the feed at all, or is it just oh, the public feed to get going from there? I
0: get to that, that one. No, I use the public feed because the other thing too, is I sort of gave you a list of where my referrals generally come, but that doesn't mean it's all encompassing. And, and it's funny. Sometimes I get, I get referrals from people that I haven't talked to in about a year or so in a different area. And it just comes from all over. So I, I generally use the public feed. Now I think the question, maybe that's, that's tangential to that is, what happens if I come across an opportunity and I need to make a referral for something? So I use essentially two different um, two different sources for that. One is through my LinkedIn contacts, and one is through one of my networking, uh, networking groups that I have in there. And what I do is if I don't have somebody immediately in mind, or I may have two or three people in mind that do stellar work, right? But I'm trying to find which one do I think is going to be the best fit. Based on their personality, the potential client's personality, and also their specific need, and what I'll do then is then I'll go through my LinkedIn profile and my my database for my current um, my other networking group, and I'll say, okay, give me all of my first you know first connection contacts, and and let's say sales and marketing or see I'm in this area, and I usually then will get like ten. And then from there, I go, oh, that's right. It's sort of top of mind. I remember if I don't know them, you know, it's been a little bit since I've read, read up on them going, that's right. This person has a real specialty in this market or for this size company or for this particular need, right? And I will go, that's it. They're the first one. And then I'll go back to my, to my referral. I said, I've got your gal or guy. This is, and here's why. Take a look at their profile. Let me know if you'd like an introduction because I'll make it right now. Uh-huh. And then I always give them a caveat. And that is, look, if that, for whatever reason, doesn't work out, come back to me. I've got two or three other people I think are just as good, but I think this one would be where I would start. I don't necessarily have to say that they're the best, but I say, I think that this one's very start based on your current need. And that's where I go with that there. I don't, unless the unless the prospect or the you know my client or my contact asks me for multiple referrals, I typically will give them one and say, look, I think this is your person. This is why. Um, but I've got a few others that I also trust. So if for some reason, you don't think it's a good fit. Come back to me. I'll, I'll make, you know, I'll give you, a, I'll give you another one that I'm thinking of there or a third and, sure. and do that so that I'm the resource for that. But I don't want to do this sort of blanket, like here are three, go ahead and, and look yeah,
1: those up. Right.
2: So um, you you obviously have a, a ton of contacts and, you know, a wide array of people. Do you have any process for thinking through, um, and categorizing, you know, and as, as Ian has mentioned with the referral bench, um, ideas, you know, a home plate connection or, you know, like a ABC tier, do you rank them and say, these are people that get more of my time and attention, and these are kind of the next level down and, and organize your schedule in a way like that.
0: I don't know if I've got a system per, Well, I, I guess, I guess by saying that I get, I don't have a system. So <laughs> I don't know if I have a system. Well, if you knew you had a system, then you would have a system, right? It's like, that's just, that was, that was royally passively aggressive. So, sorry, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have a system. Um, but what I, what I do have is I have, um, I guess I have muscle memory. So there are people, that I think are also ones not only that are good at their craft and specific to a to a, to an, um you know particular niche that maybe fits the need at this point, but also ones at which I think embody the idea of being the giving spirit. Maybe they've made me a couple of referrals, and I I've been dying to reciprocate on on some level just because you know I want to make sure I return the favor. Uh, or maybe it's simply um, that I think that they are are always giving to others, and I want to make sure that they're supported, right? Um, but but that would be over a period of time, and what we've seen for that, right? And the other thing too is that you know you make a referral to somebody, and and they purposefully drop the ball, and I, I want to underscore purposefully, like like they they've engaged the client in what I would say would be not the most. Um, authentic, uh, in, you know, one uh, authentic manner or transparent, one in which I thought they were trying to take advantage of a situation. We've had those, right? One person that was there and like, oh, you really were not, you really weren't forthright or you were trying to pull the wool over this size or you're trying to upsell them and unnecessary stuff like that. Those people get, get tossed off my Island pretty quickly, right? right. They, they, They don't come back. And so you'd get burned on that one. And, and I had it one time. One of my best, one of the one of the people that I refer a lot of business to, he runs a small web development company. It, um, he does websites, SEO, and pay-per-click. Um, actually, I referred him in because my uh, a referral partner that I had uh, beforehand to a guy that I'd known that I'd, I'd never done any business with. But I, I just marveled at what he did. It was a, he's a man, CEO of a manufacturing company. I made the referral and my CEO friend called me back. and said, look, I just want to let you know this guy, here's what this guy did and all that sort of stuff there. And I was, I was mortified. Like it was just, he was, he could not have been um, more selfish to put it that way. Uh, So my next guy, I said, Michael, I said, I got this situation. I'm hoping you can help out there. You and I haven't worked together, but I've seen you around. Um, What do you think? And he goes, well, here's the things that I would do. I'm like, you're in. And the CEO client came back said, 180 out. This guy's golden and, and has since used him in multiple projects. And he's one of the biggest clients of this guy. But because I saw him come in and save not only my reputation, right, but save this business business's initiatives from going completely in the tank. It's like, <laughs> you are my guy because uh, I've seen that, right? So that's happened. Cool. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, so and I know we're kind of coming close to time here, but, uh, but I want to touch on, you mentioned the transition from promo PR to crisis PR, mm-hmm. right? And so you and I recently had a conversation about this and I'm interested in the in hearing about the difference in getting things up and right, getting this new kind of, I guess this new segment of your business, right? Uh, the, this new, this new trajectory of your business, the difference in, in getting that up and running versus the the first time when you got stalwart up and running it what did you, did you see noticeable differences in the speed with which you were able to get to, to, to bring in new clients, the, the speed with which you were able to grow, you know, based on the fact that obviously you have a much larger referral network when you moved into crisis PR than you did when you first got into promo.
0: Great question. Um, I will tell you from my experience, the sales cycle was longer um, than it was in the beginning. And, and that seems also counterintuitive, but there was a couple of things I had to do. Uh, one of which was retrain my referral contacts
1: sure.
0: that I was doing something slightly different. So I was telling them somewhat overnight, although it was, a, it was over the period of a few weeks that I was telling them, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing this. But once I said, look, I am going to be focused on, crisis pr i based on my background in navy public affairs and all of the crises that occurs as a part of that plus my background as i said with mass layoff ceo behaving badly i'm going to focus exclusively on that so my referral network i was telling them look if you have if you have somebody a contact that needs promotional pr services you can still bring that to me but i'm going to refer that to other people i'm not going to take a cut on that i'm not going to do that only on the crisis pr that took several months to sort of get in people's head. Oh, wait a minute! What do you? How are you doing that now? And I rebranded to try to clear all misconceptions. I changed the, you know, did filed a DBA and changed the company's business name, you know, name that we were doing business, and those kind of things still took a solid, probably three four months just to get them retooled for that one. The second thing that I had to do, and this was a little less on the referral side and more on me. Was figure out how to set up the service model. I talked about the idea of doing sort of the digestible steps. And in the beginning, I was telling clients, "Yeah, here are the ten things you have to do," and just overwhelming them. And I didn't see that right away. But this is where my referral network came in. So I'm 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 now month four into this transition, right? Fully crisis PR. I had swung and missed on a couple of deals so bad, Ian and Phil. I got to tell you. I, I like, I, I was like, what, what does somebody like drop a big ball of kryptonite on me? Like I have never sucked at, <laughs> at closing deals so much. So I'm crying in my beard to a buddy of mine who's up in the orange County. who's was a, was a turnaround CEO guy. And I'm, and I'm literally, I'm sitting here with my head in my hands going, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And he said, well, walk me through your sales process, right? He's a process driven guy. I said, well, here's what I'm doing. And then I did the 10 things and I'm selling, you know, and then I pitched a proposal. He goes, oh, I see what you're doing. He goes, what? He goes, you're overwhelming them. And he was the one who said, "Break it up, Right. give them digest." As soon as I did that, 100% closure it was like night and day from that one there. But because my network saved right. that, right? Right. And so, yeah, he he got a couple of dinners out of me as a result of that <laughs> one there. I was like, dude <laughs> you were, no, like, like me, you, big steak. Like I don't care what your kilo, I don't care what your doctor says. We're going, we're <laughs> doing right. all the line. Get out there and do that, because because uh, my referral network was so kind to me, and yeah. again, they were giving to me." Uh, to try to make sure that I was successful. And I was grateful for that. And 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 I'm successful now as a result of that kind of stuff.
1: You know, and I think that's a really good point is that so often we look at our referral network as just a source of new business. And, you know, the point that that what I'm understanding, what I'm hearing you, the, the, the point that I'm hearing you make is that you can use your network. I mean, in fact, you should be using that network for much more than just finding the next new client, but rather getting that kind of market feedback, getting that, that kind of information back to you to really, to, as, as more of a general and overall business development practice, rather than just how am I going to get my next bite of food?
0: If, if you, if you develop your network in the same way you develop your friendships, right. And it doesn't mean you have to, you have to like everybody in your network, or at least on the same level. Right. Sure. Um, But, but you'll find that if you do it with the idea of being a giver first and every, and people, again, people buy from people that they know and that they like and that they trust, the friendships will endure. And they're your best support group. They're the people um, you say that, you know, you will address, help you address issues that you're not ready to tell, um, you know, your lawyer, your accountant, or, and I say this quietly because my wife is working right (laughs) over there. No, I'm not kidding. We're an open book, but I, I say that somewhat facetiously, right. But they're the ones that you'll come in and go, look, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And those come in because you've got, a great basis for which you've developed the referral that will, again, it's, it does come back to all, you know, the bottom line. I mean, your friends, your friends will look out for you and help you and, and, and avoid pitfalls and guide your business in ways you never thought about all because that's how people who are givers first do. Right. And I think, again, that, that sort of counters some people who says, no, no, no. it's about, you got to talk, you have to exchange this amount of business cards per event. And you got to talk to these amount of people and you've got to, you have to follow up with these people and it's got to be a drip campaign. Yeah. Those are all good. If you're developing leads through a digital platform and you're a consumer-based product, or people are interested in just, you know, wanting to sign up for your email newsletter, you know, drip campaigns like that. Are lucrative and good for that, but if you're in the re- if you get business from referrals, if you get business from trusted advisors who bring you in to their trusted clientele, then you have to look at it as relationship first. And the transactions, I assure you, will come.
1: Yeah, excellent. It's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So leaving uh, leaving our listeners with uh, with one last piece of advice, uh, one last piece of wisdom. What uh, what's one thing that you'd want them to take away from this conversation?
0: The um the one thing that I'll take away, other than you know, the tenants of the referral for this one, is don't be hesitant about getting out there and being that giver, right? I think that's the biggest thing for new entrants and entrepreneurships and professional advisors like us, is just getting out there and making yourself vulnerable to building the relationships and not exactly understanding when we know we know it will, but when. Uh, it will come about. That's that. I think that's the hardest part for anybody to really deal with is the unknown as to when it's coming through. And 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 I, I, I won't say anything profound on this one. But one of the great philosophers of our time, uh, comedian Steve Harvey, and I say that with, <laughs> I say that to some laugh. Um, he, if if you if you go on YouTube and search Steve Harvey, you've got to jump. Steve Harvey, you've got to jump. It's a quick five minute little motivational speech and he's got a couple of clips. I like the one where he's like in a public parking garage, like like he's leaving the studio or entering the studio. And he's got his phone out there and he talks about the idea about, you gotta take a leap of faith, right? That, That God, the universe, whatever you wanna call this, wants you to succeed, but you gotta jump. And here's the trick for that one there. You jump, your parachute will ultimately open, but not right away. And you're gonna get some cuts and tears as you fall down there, but ultimately, the parachute will open, but if you don't jump, Your parachute will never open. I think that's true when you develop a network of referral-based, right? You've got to understand that if you do it the right way, it's going to come about. It just may not come about in the manner with which you thought or in the timeframe with which you planned. I'm testament to that on multiple levels, but I assure you, if you're good at what you do and you're genuine in your connections, it's going to
2: happen. Awesome.
1: Love it. Awesome. Fantastic. Cool.
2: Well, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. It was great to chat with you. I thought this was uh, a ton of good information, and look forward to uh, you know maybe a follow up conversation. Absolutely, this is a
0: treat. We 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 should do this when we're not recording and just hang out <laughs> yeah. over a, over an old fashioned or something like that. I'm grateful for the time. Be well and thanks.
1: Absolutely, cool. David. Cheers. Thanks so much, man.
2: That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well.
1: Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us with our
2: ratings and with our rankings and whatnot and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.